Welcome to Armchair Preaching, the podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about the third week in our series, Peace on Earth. We also talk about our favorite lines from Christmas carols. You enjoy the conversation. back everybody to armchair preaching as john and i were just talking we're looking at what what number we are on we are on number 98 we are rapidly approaching the century mark but it looks like if my scheduling is correct we will not hit the century mark before start out the year with a bang that's right now this does not count bonus episodes so there have been bonus episodes that don't count in this we actually probably have done more than 100 at this point but I don't count the bonus episodes right, in right. the in the count in the count um, because they would be bonus if they were part of the normal ordinary count. But welcome, John. Glad you're here. Good to be here. We are in t- going to be talking about the third week in Advent. Right. This right. is the joy week. Yeah, we had it, a lot of joy on uh, Sunday night. Sunday uh, night with a staff Christmas party. Yeah, that was a, that was a that was a good, Zach and I got to have a little fun. We had some the, joy. Uh, with that and some singing and some playing, that was fun. Yes, we were we were wassling. No, I don't know if that was what wassling. I, don't, yeah. I still don't know what wassling is, <laughs> but it's an, I think it's a great word though that we can use this time of year. But one of the things you know, this this particular sermon um, about joy, I don't know if people realize this. In, in, in Vine, nobody knows what the titles of the sermons are because true. we don't yeah. publish them anywhere. Um, but we do publish them in the classic service, and sometimes. My internal title is maybe different than what we put on the page, but this week it was the, it was the same. I mean, the title of the sermon was "Joyful All Ye Nations Rise," which and the official and officially this Advent, uh, the I think all of the lines for the, the official titles have been lines from songs. Lines from songs, yes. This one specifically coming from one of the songs that we sang in in all of our services, "Hark mm-hmm. the Herald Angels Sing," and we both mentioned "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" in our yeah. messages at different times. Yours more. Towards I opened the, with it, and mm-hmm. I closed. I closed with it. Oh, and I then closed with it. Yeah. I opened with it, and then I also closed with it, but not the song. I closed with the line from the. I made a big point about the the tenth verse. Of Which, the poem, or was, that, the poem. was that actually the? There wasn't some version of the. No, it wasn't a version of the song, of the song that has ten. Actually, so it's a little bit of a misnomer. The verses that we have now are double the length of the actual him for Christmas, which was the poem that Charles mm-hmm. Wesley wrote that became the inspiration for, or was reworked into this. But um, ten verses in the original. All that to say, we both talked about Hark the yeah. Herald. We talked about various lines from it. And we have talked in the past about, I think last year even, talked about our favorite and least favorite yeah. Christmas songs. People might remember you hate yes. Little Drummer Boy. Yes. I, uh, I won't I, tell Tyson Voigt, our resident <laughs> drummer. or that I will say know. I have seen several versions of the Little Drummer Boy that, that were quite Im- impactful and positive yes. and good. But for the most part, it is tedious, monotonous, and I'd rather have my <laughs> teeth, pull- teeth pulled. Tell me how you really feel, John. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think my – I don't know if I mentioned my least favorite. I'll tell you, man. I i have a hard time with uh, Away in a Manger. Um, I have a hard time with it. Too, too sweet and sappy? It, well, it's, it's very saccharine for one thing. And also, too, the whole idea that Jesus as a baby didn't cry 
I just right. find yeah. that difficult. That would not have made the canon. They would have, they would have had canonical issues of that in the early church, of yes. including this in, the, in yeah. the scriptures. So I always have a hard time with that. I know it's my kids love that song. Other people love that song. And now people probably don't like me because I don't like no, that song. No, we'll just song. relegate that to a particular moment that the songwriter noticed. Yeah. And then they, they said, oh, he wasn't crying. Yeah, yeah. Said, yeah. And then he was crying That's later. Right. But today we're going to talk not just about our favorite Christmas carols or hymns, but specific lines in those hymns that are really impactful and yeah. meaningful. You have mentioned in the past that your favorite Christmas hymn is... Oh, come all you faithful. Oh, come all you faithful. It's yeah. a great one. Great yeah. one. Is there a particular line? What is the line that really gets I, well, you in Well, first that off, the, you know, it opens up with that, um, you know, joyful and triumphant come, oh, come to, to Bethlehem, oh, yeah. and then come let us adore him, which is, that, you know, it's just great. And it's, it's, it's usually one that we do... Like uh, on Christmas Eve, if we're only having Christmas Eve services, or I'm sure we'll do it as a Christmas Day yeah. service time. But uh, the it's the last it's the last verse actually, which is the um, you know all, all hail Lord, we greet thee, born this born this happy morning. So you, oh. it's really a it's Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and if it's the end of the service uh, for Christmas Eve, eleven o'clock service, it actually is Christmas, is Christmas Day, Day when you're doing that, and then uh, and then just some good. Good theology in that last couple of those lines, um, you know, uh, word of the Father, mm. now in flesh appearing. Yeah, right out of the right out of John's that's gospel. The one, that's yeah. the one that we yeah. were coming down and bound for. So it's just great. it's between between the fact that it is Christmas Day and we are here to worship this one, and He is the Word of the Father. He is in the incarnate here. It's just uh, I don't know. It, it gets to me, and then just the music to go along with that is it's it's yeah. very compelling. It is, yeah. Yeah, oh come on, you faithful. That's that's definitely my top five. I think you know last year when we talked about this, and, and I, I'll cheat a little bit because my my favorite Christmas carols. I don't know, it, yours is pretty consistent. Oh come on, you faithful. That's it, right? That's it for me. I think annually it it will change and adjust depending on where I'm at. You know, some some years, you know, some some of the hymns or songs really hit me a little bit uh, a little bit more more than others. Um, I discovered a few years ago, uh, a song I had never really heard before. It's very old, but uh, in, in the, in the bleak midwinter, Oh yeah. Uh, which is a really depressing song from very a minor from key, very minor key, yeah. very O come all, uh, O come O come Emmanuel in that way. But you know, there, there, there's a line in that and I'm cheating cause I'm going to do two. Um, uh, there's the line, you know, if, 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 if I, I were, were a shepherd, if I were a shepherd, oh, I, I would that. bring a lamb. If I were a, a wise man, I would do my part. But what else can I give him? I give him my heart, you know. And actually, the the kids, the kids and this morning, did shepherds, that same thing. They did that. They didn't do that song. That song would have been weird. But they did those lines. The lines from "In a Bleak yeah. Midwinter," uh, they refashioned into a more yeah. preschool level. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really great. But I noticed that when I'm like, oh, that's in a bleak midwinter. But there's a particular version of that song. Um, by uh, by a modern uh, singer named James Blake, which it's it's all his voice doing all the different parts, wow, and it's very wow. um, it's very haunting, and he's this electronic uh, kind of artist, so it's kind of weird, but it's really good. Um, we have one every Christmas we listen to with uh, with with uh, the the Night Heron Consort mm. is the name of the group. It's a Celtic. Celtic oh, yeah. sound, all yeah. instrumentals, Celtic, but they do the uh, in the bleak midwinter. I could listen to it all mm-hmm. all, all month long. Yeah, yeah. So I like that one, um, but probably the one that the Christmas Carol that really encapsulates the Christmas morning, Christmas Eve night kind of vibe to me is it's always joy to the world. You know, yeah. I was 
it's, it's one of the things when Jennifer came, uh, Jennifer Voigt, our worship uh, leader in, in the, the, the modern service, um, when we talk about the first Christmas, he that look, two things about Christmas Eve. Uh, there has to be silent night at the candle lighting, and we have to end with joy to the world. I mean, it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't have a lot of like put in but my that order. Must be, yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like so, well, the classic it? services are the same way. You know, right. okay, it's going to end with the uh, with the silent night, and that's then right. we'll go out with the joy, joy to the, the world. world. But the, the 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 line. So it's actually one of the the verses. The third verse is the verse that really, to me, encapsulates the hope of not just Christmas, but the life of Christ in 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 all, which is the 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 defeat of the fall. He says, no more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. Um, you know, that 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 ties right back into the Genesis three yeah. curse. You know, you know, the 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 sin ushers in sorrow uh, because of the broken relationship between God and humanity, between uh between people and then also the broken relationship we have with creation. Yeah. So you have this this total reversal of that at 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 the dawning of of the first advent with with Jesus Christ. So uh that whole verse when he goes far as the curse is found, far as the mm-hmm. curse is found, far as the I mean just it's it's owning the idea that you know we live in a cursed time and and a, and we are a cursed people because of our because of our own sinfulness but for the grace of god yeah. showing up in jesus christ we we experience this this reversal of that to me that's really powerful it's like you said the theology so, of that yeah, is really so, well, powerful yeah just thinking that same thing is that and i mentioned uh the story of the shepherds in my message about the drifting into sentimental fluff. Yeah, yeah. And one of the, I think it's one of the dangers of modern American church is that because we have these other layers that are built into the church itself yeah. and all the decorations and the parties and things yeah. like that, which I love, yeah. uh, we have all these other layers in there. It's really easy to let things drift to that very place, to, to yeah. sentimentalism. And I think one of the great things that you you and I both reacted to and, and find great meaning to the fact that here at Christmas, which has all this you know, warmth and fam- familiar love and friendships and all this stuff, in the heart of it all is really the theological depth yeah. of what exactly has happened here. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's I think that's something that's easy to to miss at Christmas. And if we can ever stop and slow slow down long enough to to dwell on it, just listening to you talk about that just now, yeah, brought it back to me. Again, yes, this yeah. time of year is amazing. Well, and 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 the hymnody, and this is one of the reasons, like even in Vine. Our modern service, you know, we really lean into, you know, there have been a lot, I will say this, there have been a, there have been some really good Christmas worship songs that have come out in the last several years. I think there's been in the last probably five or six years, a real focus by um, more modern Christian worship uh, writers to kind of re-engage that, get away, almost a reaction from the the sugary, all I want for Christmas is you kind of pop culture sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's been good stuff. Not saying anything against that. And I really appreciate when we do those sorts of things. But even in Vine, uh, the modern service, we lean a little heavier on the hymnody uh, the, yeah. during this time of year. I mean, we, we you know, um, there's there's more of it. Now, there there sometimes will be bridges, bridges and, 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 uh, you know what is mashups? Mashups, you know, uh, but that's that's really to kind of, as I try to explain to people, that's really to help 
explain the power of it in more modern language. Because like, like we mentioned, you and I both in this this week's sermon, uh, this we, there's some really odd language that can be so esoteric that it removes us from the power of the meaning. I mean, we don't say words like hark and herald. And right. Definitely don't Welcome. use like, we don't use words like Welkin, um, and neither did people in Charles Wesley's time. But but uh, and they sound really beautiful and really profound, and very few people take the time to go back and say, well, what does that really mean? And so sometimes the mashups are helpful, um, the extra choruses or bridges to kind of like explain in a few lines what it means. But so theologically rich and dense, yeah. so amazing. But I have to confess that even though that theological richness and, and depth has been there all along, there's been plenty of times in the, since, since I've been a Christian, and I'm thinking back to the early years of mm-hmm. taking this whole uh, enterprise seriously, that it was really just uh, the music that I was yeah, the, I the was melodies, singing the yeah. melody because yeah. that's, the, that's the melody. And the words just were – they filled the they, – they made – they made the music. And they make you feel, yeah, they, they, there's something. I didn't think about the words much, in other words. Well, and it ties you back. I mean, I think there's I think there's something powerful about music because it does tie us back to memory. Um, and you, you talk about the, the, the tradition of O Come All Ye Faithful, the tradition of Joy to the World, Silent Night, when we when we sing those songs and when we um, yeah. do it as a community. There's something powerful about that. But the, the lyrics are so deep. You know, and Hark to Herald Angels Sing is, you know, I, I mentioned this. It comes from that uh, a, a poem, poem called A Hymn for Christmas, 10 verses. And I'm telling you, man, some of the – when I go back and I'm, I'm, I pulled it up now looking at it, uh, some of the verses are so theologically rich. You know, like, you know, like, like verse 9, you know, uh, Adam's likeness, Lord, a face, stamp in thy image, stamp thy image in its place. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love, which I yeah, mentioned yeah. The, that line, but the the whole great. Adam, second Adam well, Adam thing. brought in and, and <laughs> Jesus made right, yeah. But we've had whole th- classes in seminary that had to explain what the Adam, second Adam, you know, typology is and Paul's talking about in the book of Romans, but to have it in that form. So anyway, this yeah, week, that was great. there's a lot of stuff. This week we were talking about joy and uh, really looking at the the one of the most primary passages of the Christmas story, that Luke 2, 8 through 11, um, and then, you know, looking at uh, Isaiah 9, which we started last week, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, but this week we pick up Backed the beginning. Up, yeah. um, so you're approaching this theme of joy. You're looking at these two really well-known passages. What is the what is that what is it that you wanted to bring to the table for the yeah. congregation this week? Yeah. That that you know, because we've mentioned this before, there's a temptation in Advent to do one of two things, to either try to get so inventive that you kind of make stuff up and yeah. may not be there, or to just kind of rest on the same old, yeah. same old, same old. What what are you wanting to bring out this week as you're approaching those well, I, two passages? I think we should, we have to confess that that we we declared that the theme was joy. Yeah. That was our starting point was the theme was joy. Our start, our, th- our starting point was not let's tell the shepherd story. Yeah. So when you have the starting point and but part of the reason why we told the shepherd story is because we know this that the theme is joy. We we see you, know, you don't always get the the um 
internal reaction of the of the players yeah. in the Christmas narratives. Yeah. Uh, but here you get the internal reaction of the players, or you get the 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 promise of the internal uh, uh, reaction of the of the of the people who are affected, like the message from the angel to the to the shepherds that there will be all of the all of the people are going to experience this incredible joy. Yeah. And so, really, it was just it, uh, one, uh, th- this is the. And this is the conversation that that I had you and I were talking before we began here with with someone at lunchtime today. Mm-hmm. Is that that this is the effect of everything that we were just talking about with these with the, the great theology? Mm-hmm. The effect of everything that went into the Word being be, being made flesh and coming to dwell among us, or all that. The effect of that is is, is joy. So so whatever else happened, I wanted to communicate yeah. that, that 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 joy. Uh, I spent a fair amount of time. This would be this is you didn't ask this question, but this is the the cutting room floor things. I spent a fair amount of time. Do I want to d- do some delineation between joy and happiness? Yeah. And I and I started drifting away from a previous position that I had, which is there's a hard distinction between the two. Yeah. And I say I don't know that I s- I don't see that as much in the scriptures mm-hmm. that there's this hard you know happiness and joy. So I just sort of melded them together in in, in, mm-hmm. in related concepts. And um, so I wanted to communicate that. I wanted to communicate that there is a reason for this internal uh, reality that, is, that that comes to us as, as believers, and its sources um, are the same thing that the, the angels said to the shepherds. Yeah. And it's just, it just has be, it became lived out in the shepherds. It became lived out in the early church, and it's lived out in, uh, since then, including us. So that was my that was my sort of core idea. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, you know, when I look at this, I I, I really enjoy. I, I, Maybe I don't always enjoy it, but I I have enjoyed this Advent series um, more than maybe I have in previous times because I've just leaned into the fact that these are pretty well known scriptures. Yeah, you know, I just lean into it, and that gives some some room for us to do some exploration because they are such well known scriptures. There is a little bit more a reasonable assumption that people have a reference point with yeah. them. You know, you, you, you can you, summarize things quickly and you've got yeah. 85, 90% of the room. Yeah. It's not. And I know we're in a post Christian post biblical culture, but there are still passages of scripture that are part of the broader uh, conversation, the broader cultural conversation. Luke 2, 8 through 11 is like that. Genesis 1 is like that, you know. And as a result, John 1 can mm-hmm. be like that. Next week, you know, this week coming up, we're going to be doing another, you know, with John three sixteen. So th- those, what that what that gives us is is a little bit more room to say, I don't have to go into all the detail of everything that's going yeah. on. I just need to hit the points that are really valid for what we're wanting to focus on today. And 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 I, I was really wanting people to wrestle with um, the concept of joy in the face of fear. So we both hit the, yeah. the idea of fear the the great fear pretty hard, um, but for different different angles. We took very different angles. Yeah. You know, yours was t- tied to sin. Yeah, mine and was definitely was the t- Isaiah six moment when you, yeah. which I love by the way. I love the I love that telling of that story, which because it is the the epitome of yeah. what it's going to be like for anybody were yeah. they to come in the presence of the radiance, pure radiance, and the goodness of God. Which side note on that one. Talk about cutting room floor things. That was actually not in my. That was not part of the plan. Oh, how about that, that was not in yeah, the notes. That. that wasn't in the notes. Good, uh, good and, call, Holy Spirit. In, in, in fact, I'm sure Lana Shulness, our, our great uh, tech, who's up in the booth <laughs> watching, making sure that we're. She was like, I don't know where he's. I mean, not you know. Whenever I go that far off the script, I'm sure Lana. You know, turning she, pages. Like, where is this at? I don't know where this is at. <laughs> Um, but it, you know, it just felt like that was a very 
from a biblical standpoint, a very illustrative moment of this is the reaction that even holy, quote unquote, holy people have to the holiness and the, and the right. glory of God. So for me, that was really important. And then to counterbalance it with the, the message of, of, um, the message of the angels is to all the people that are involved in the story, not just the shepherds, but that they're not to be afraid. And there's a reason not to be afraid. It's not just don't be afraid. There's a reason that God is showing up. And I think that was, to me, that's where the source of joy really takes root. And my, my, my discussion on fear had to, had more to do with, um, the, the pastoral life and the uh, yeah. living out in the pastures that is, and uh, and and what would have been a fairly um, uh, um, quiet, mm-hmm. well, you re- said, relative to modern terms, yeah, said even but, boring at times, yeah, you know, but it would have been, yeah, monot- and yet, and then to have something that, which is really, I, I, this is hard for me because we are moderns, yeah. And we do, and we're looking. I mean, you and I are looking. You're looking at three, screens, three screens right, right now. Right I've now. got one in front <laughs> of me, right. plus yours. And uh, so we have all these screens. There are electric yeah. lights on in this room here. We got buzzers and dingers in our pockets yeah. and on our wrists and all this. And all of this things that is inside of us. If you, it's it's even hard even now as I'm saying it's in as a certain way as I said it on Sunday. It's that. hard to imagine what yeah. that is really like. Yeah, I just heard uh, someone tell tell about um, oh, it was a Simon Sinek uh, book that I just finished, and uh, and he was talking uh, talking about uh, uh, taking the technology away from a thirteen year old, a parent who took it took the cell phone away from a thirteen year old while they were on vacation, and he was miserable for mm. the first few days, but by day three he, he began to engage in real yeah. social you know, com- you know social yeah. intercourse with the family. It was. It was fantastic. They had that all the time. Yeah. So for me, it was just trying to imagine what it was like contextually uh, for them to be like, and then to see this shown around moment where there's an angel and, the, and light sh- shining everywhere. Well, and as, as you're even saying this, and I, I remember in your message, you know, you talked about our sort of, um, I remember the exact words that you use, but the, but the idea that, you know, we're, we're used to, we're kind of almost... Uh, anesthetized to spectacular, right? Like yeah. you didn't use it this, the, say it this way, but kind of like we're used to special effects teams, right? And, and movies that, that, that fill up, you know, three story sides of, of a wall size and just being bombarded with yeah. these sorts of things such that the concept of us having great fear in the presence of God would not necessarily even be, in our wheelhouse, because we would be skeptical. I think. I think one of the things that's interesting about taking both of what we said together is, isn't that the way we also look at the sin part? You know, we're so, we're so, uh, I want to say, deadened to the spectacularness of God's glory that we also are deadened to our own spiritual yeah. state of sinfulness. Yeah. So I was. I would. Uh, if I would have carried it further, I think the the awareness of sin would have been step two. Step one yeah. would be just the experience of what we're experiencing in, in the moment would have been um, uh, just t- terrible, uh, terror-filled. But then step two, once I figured out that this was God, yeah. you know, the messenger of God, is like, oh man, yeah. I'm in trouble. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things that, that I did not talk about, you mentioned very briefly, I wonder if we could take a second to, because I, I do think this is an important kind of conversation for people to to kind of wrestle with a little bit. When the angels show up, they say, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Yeah. Right. So that 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 definitive clause is really important. Mm-hmm. The people, not mm-hmm. for all people, which sometimes people will, 
will when they I will bring you good news of dr- great joy for all people. Mm-hmm. But that you mentioned it in your message that it's not all people, it's all the people. It's one specific group that Jesus is being born into and that's the yeah. Jewish Hebrew right. people. And yet at the same time there's a hint there's something more to that. So I wonder if you talk a little bit about that connection. This obviously yeah. didn't go into a long, drawn-out no, thing no. about, yes, Jesus is the Messiah to the Jewish people, but that that also carries with it blessing for the entire world, yeah. but that's not what the... the well, Luke the Evangelist, who, who's writing this this part of it, would certainly have had the uh, the, the the beyond Judaism in, the his, nations, in, yeah. in, in his mind in, in this, and yet this is a very Jewish moment, mm-hmm. uh, even though, as we both pointed out, which I, I love the fact that we both pointed out the detail, these shepherds... I loved how you talked about they were essential to the economy, but they were they were persona non grata yeah. when it came to social socially outcast, yeah, yeah, social connections. Um, but um, and so these were not, you know, these were not the elites here. These are the bottom of the barrels here, but they were in the Jewish barrel. Yeah, and so Luke is clearly talking to to the people in the Jewish barrel. But you get this right up front. Oh, yeah, but this is this. You get a hint that it, that is way bigger. That the yeah. that the people, as you said, the definitiveness of that will be expanded. Yeah, one of the things when I when I was because I, as I said last week, you know, I'm teaching through the same sets of scriptures mm-hmm. as we're preaching on in the Agape Sunday School class. One before of the things after before or after the time you, when you preach. No, so it's the same week. So I preach it so I actually teach it the same week as I preach it. So I'm I've got both sides there too, which is actually why the Isaiah six passage came up in the sermon because it was it was uh, something that came up in the Sunday school class, and I decided to incorporate it into the message because um, I felt like it communicated wh- where people are struggling. Like you know, p- people struggle with the idea of being afraid in the presence of God. You know, because we're we're kind of preconditioned in our Western evangelicalism kind of thing is that God is, you know, God is Daddy. You know, you know, and and even if you didn't have a great dad. You, you know the imagine. concept of what it's supposed to be, and it's cuddly, and it's you know, um, and then you have the whole Jesus is my homeboy garbage from you know the the late nineties and stuff. So all this kind of like flattening of that, and uh, so it's important to kind of you know remind people, yeah, you know, but but God really has every right and ability to just squash us and turn it. Turn you said that. That, was, yes. that was one of the lines I wrote down. There's we, there's fear in that we are sinners, which is their, the re- reaction of the shepherds, and that what we deserve is to be squashed. That's right. I love yeah. that. I love that phrase. Yeah, people don't like that, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> they do no. not like that. Well, if you stay, if you if we, this is if again what we were talking about. If that's, if that's all you hear and that's where you stop, you've missed the point. Well, and that and it's tragic. You know, it, it's tragic if it stays there, right? But, but to, to finish that thought, because the point is, into that, yeah. the grace of God has come to and deal with that sin, so we're not squashed. And that, as a result of that, there's incredible gratitude, there's yeah. incredible joy, there's incredible hope, there's humility. All the all the things that mark the qualities of our of our life in of, of abundance yeah. comes out of that reality. Well, and that's the idea that that grace is not amazing if we deserve. You know the, the the gifts. You know if we if we deserve if we're righteous and we deserve, you know, communion with God in heaven and and salvation. If we deserve that, then it wouldn't be grace, and it certainly wouldn't be amazing, miraculous yeah. grace. But because we absolutely don't, it is now. You know, go back to this idea though that 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 Jesus, the shepherds are part of the like you said, I like how you put it. They're in the Hebrew barrel, right? And the importance of that is that all the promises 
from the Hebrew to the about the Hebrew Messiah, all the prophecies, they matter and they 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 echo throughout their historical context. So you get the Isaiah nine, right? Mm. So you get the Isaiah nine one through five, where you know, as we said last week, Israel is anticipating through the prophet the destruction of their their homeland or their the promised land by the Assyrians, and yet there's this hope of restoration there. And there's a lot of you actually dug into the opening. I actually didn't even do Isaiah nine one. You did, oh, yeah. Because yeah. you oh, talked. I did, I did eight. Uh, late, late yeah, you did. To, you did late in darkness eight and and moved into it, which was really I thought a great. Uh, so you can kind of see the balance of that. But then you started talking about the, the 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 Zebulun. Uh, all what you know, all all the the the, all the mediums and the spiritist and the necromancy yeah. and the. Oh, that's, I know, just yeah, I think that was great. Yeah, yeah. I think that was great uh, because it gives people a little bit more of a window into. Yeah. And and it's not that's not ancient that's not an ancient reality because there are still people out there that do all the I don't think I said it in online but in in church I'm th- I'm, I'm saying that you know I've I've been around that another cutting room floor is I, I I said a little bit of something but I was going to talk about you know experiences where somebody wanted me to do the the the, the Ouija board that's what it was oh yeah and I got wigged out by the Ouija yeah. board because like I I don't even need to be around this around the, this stuff yeah. this is I'm 15 years old or so 13 yeah. years old at the time and I don't even want to be around this stuff here yeah or, or people talking about the the movie you know the Exorcist at one time yeah. and just like nope that's a spiritual darkness force yeah. whatever get me away from this I don't yeah. even want to be around this. and yet there are people who dabble in that today yeah which is kind of, which was the point just like Isaiah in Isaiah's time, for whatever reason, they the 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 living want to go to the try to go to the dead. Yeah, and and God is saying that is utter darkness. Yeah, it's utter darkness, and, and yet into the darkness the light comes. Right, yeah. and I think that's the that was the move uh, that that is you know the powerful movement in the in the prophet Isaiah because the angels are proclaiming good news of great joy for the Hebrew people. There is this great promise that 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 is attached to that. And it's expanded beyond the borders of the Hebrew people. Um, you know, we mentioned the idea of trying to grab a hold. Both of us grab a hold of this concept of great joy and try yeah. to like kind of what is that embodiment? You talked about um, the national championship with Florida Gators and Ohio mm-hmm. State. I actually, remember watching that game. Yeah, um, one of the few times I root for the Florida Gators is when they're playing Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> I was really, really happy that they beat that. Him. But holding, um, holding your baby for yeah, the first holding time, your baby, absolutely, Whoa. yeah, yeah. Still, even right now, I'm just like, man, that was that was really good. Yeah, that oh, was really, yeah. really good. And and Anna and Noah's wedding, yes, which that you was really, really good. Yeah, you mentioned it. Well, and those are kind of moments where there's this, you know, there's this built up anticipation and this longing. In all those cases, you know, you're talking about and this this. This hoped-for reality finally coming true, yeah. and and for the shepherds, you know, they've lived in this Hebrew barrel with this hoped-for reality for the Messiah, and and that he would be the savior of the world, and that the fulfill the the covenant David, um, you know, th- now it's becoming a reality. But let me ask you this, because we, because we both did that. We we both did that. We both used the idea, of, kind of leveraged the idea of joy in another part of life to talk about joy in this part of our life. Yeah. What is the hope for you that people that people will take away and walk away with or live out in their life when it comes to to that that level of of joy? What are you What are you hoping for in in bringing that out? 
you know, in, in the lives of those who are listening? I think I think it's a perspective issue. You know, I think mm. we we and you 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 mentioned in your your you asked the question, does your faith in Jesus Christ cause great joy? And I yeah. think one for me, it's it's that people would recognize in their walking around lives those moments of happiness and joy, those moments of of comfort and elation, they would recognize in those moments an a a a, a a whisper of what is ultimate, right? It's God. Those are those are you know. This may sound overly spirit, like we're over. I'm overly spiritualizing life, but this is how I kind of look at those things. You know, when 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 your football team wins the national title and you experience that elation, God is giving us that gift. And then saying, but that's not even the most joy-filled thing you're ever going to experience, right? And 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 to look at those, even when you're holding your baby, as as miraculous as that moment is, that is just a a, a foretaste, a whisper of the ultimate, you yeah. know, um, the ultimate uh, kind of acceptance into the communion of, of yeah. the eternal God, you know. Uh, so my my hope, first of all, is that people would. Tune their hearts and minds good. with, good way of with their it. faith so that when they experience the, and I don't like to use this term, but I'm going to use it anyway, uh, when they experience the secular levels of joy, which are not necessarily bad or, or harmful, but that they would they would turn in gratitude to the God who is oh. the giver of those gifts and remember that that's a pales in comparison to yeah all the joy that they experience, that they get to experience yeah. eternally. Um, and the other That's side, great. yeah, the other side of that is, and then you mentioned this to, and I think this is really val- valuable to, to, to be an expression of that joy for others, you know, to, to live as people of joy, which is what you said in, it ought to show. in your message. It, it should. Yeah. And that doesn't mean fake pasting it on type things. It doesn't mean denying that there's, that yeah, there's hardship. That G.K. Chesterton quote that, that you know, joy is the gigantic secret of the of the Christian explained said that no, we're going to experience just as much of the pain and the suffering yeah. and the sorrow and the difficulties of life as anybody. It just means that there's going we're going to be equipped with this and hardwired with this indomitable um, hope that is, yeah. that that no no circumstance of life can take away. Well, and the sorrow is not the grounding point of our life, right? But I wonder, you know, if you talk about this a little bit, the other side of that coin is so what do you what how do you um talk to people and and counsel people who are you know professed Christians but they are dealing with this long term sort of sense of despair and yeah. and and hurt in in the moment because I understand what you're saying but I I wonder if if you could ex- talk about how you would counsel a Christian who is yeah oh I'm one of the especially most in- this time of year too because you get you know we have the whole blue Christmas concept and things like yeah that, but- no I, I, we have to acknowledge it we just ha- we have to I mean one of the most inconsolable uh, people I've ever been with in a moment of crisis was mm-hmm. a mother who lost her child at at at, uh, at just before birth. Mm-hmm. Child died in utero just before birth, mm-hmm. and you know. And and the answer to your question is, what do you do? What do you do in the middle of all that? Uh, not much. Yeah. The answer is not really. The reality is not much. A, a ministry of presence is is part of it. Words don't matter that much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll say a few words, but they don't really really matter. Um, the the most that I would do in a situation like that, where people really are dealing with what you described as a long term you know, disappointment or, or difficulties of life, is is to say, 
at some point you and I are going to sit down and have a conversation and try to make some sense of all this. Yeah. But right now we're not. Yeah. You know, yeah. all I can tell you is that, is that, um, we, there, there is something inside of us that we can reach to another gear we can go down to that is just as, as, as authentic as the pain that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that mm-hmm. when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you do, deal with that, but that's. Well, I think, the, I think, I think there's two situations and one can, one can lead to the other. You're dealing with a, a parent who's lost a child, especially a child who's young mm-hmm. um, or, or, you know, preborn. Um, that can lead to a long-term depression, uh, yeah. f- you know, f- crisis of faith for sure. Um, and, and then you, 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 then you deal with the folks that, you know, have, um, just a sustained malaise, and I don't use that. I, I mean that yeah. in, the, in a in a in a way. You know, they're dealing with depression or anxiety at a level that that is chronic or clinical. And and um, for me, you know, when I go when I talk to people, because they 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 can hear that. You know, they they know you know mentally. The joy of the Lord is my strength. They, they they know mentally, but it for whatever reason it's not. Yeah, they're in the middle of the. It's it's a crisis. It, and it's and it's a sustained crisis. And you know my my. And again, like you said, it's timing is a lot of it too. Sometimes it's just being there, listening, and 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 offering prayer, but not a whole lot else. But at, at those moments when they are ready, and you've you, we, I've taken the time to say, and and it's in a, it's in a relational. Uh, there's relational equity there to where I say, hey, you know what, let's, can we start talking about, you know, where does your faith coincide with this, you know, mm. or how does that, it, it, and this is assuming this is not something that is clinical, that that is chemical, you know, there, you know, um, not, I'm not denying that there's sometimes the, the necessary, uh, you know, um, medication that might right. need to go. Bring in all the resources yeah, of help yeah. that were available. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God works through ordinary means to accomplish his extraordinary yeah. work, right? Uh, but then I'll say, look, you know, you're actually in pretty decent company, you know, because you you look at the scriptures and there are times where people of faith just had heart. I mean, they went through it. And, you know, Elijah is a prime example, you know. Elijah has this great victory. Um, <laughs> Followed by the This massive depression. Of, I mean, yeah. he has a great victory over the Baal prophets. And then yeah. the next chapter, God is like, what are you, why are you, like, why are you so downcast, you yeah. know? And then David, you know, David writes a lot of the Psalms from that, that, yeah, that place laments. yeah, and those lamentations. So to say, look, that those, those men and women uh, of faith, and then when you think of St. John of the Cross, who wrote the, the seminal work in Dark, Dark Night, Night of, of the Soul, Dark Night of the Soul. I think the thing for anybody listening right now, just to say, just to say it out loud is that, um, it, uh, hopefully, as you're listening, you're not going through this yeah. right now. And the best time to sort this out, the best time to think this through, is when you're not going through it. Yeah. Because what what you find is that as you as you sort of lock in that mindset and internalize that mindset, then, God forbid, you get in that situation, you, you can draw upon that like a well within you. You can draw upon that understanding of reality and perspective on reality, and it does bring you some comfort, does bring you some hope, yeah. uh, as opposed to not having that locked in at all, not having that sorted out at all, and then you get to that first, and then you just like – I mean, I'm sure you've been in these situations. Yeah. They're just you're just grasping for something yeah. that would help you have a handle on it, and you really feel a lot more um, lost, lost yeah. in those moments. Yeah, yeah. But but again, the 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 focus of this message. This yeah, we got heavy there for a minute, didn't we? Yeah, but I think you know it's important because especially at Christmas time, you and I both know that 
you know, and, and you've acknowledged this in, in, in previous messages and in the message that you did in Vine a couple of weeks ago, that these, this, these, this season can, can, can elicit a sense of loss and, and, and especially those we know and you and I know people who've lost loved ones. Recently. Recently. And this is the first Christmas or this is the second Christmas without, you know, their spouse or their child or their, you know, their, their mother or father, you know, but at the same time, we're saying, look, that's, that is not the end of the story. And, and, yeah. and Jesus in the manger proves it's not the end of the story, it proves that it's, it's but one, one moment on, on the pathway. And so that there is joy on the other side of that. There's reunion on the other side of that. There's hope um, on the other side of that. So that's why we can sing, you know, hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king or Hark how all the welkin ring. ring. Welkin rings. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. And we didn't talk about that. Just so you know, we, we, we typically don't talk ahead of time. We might check in with, with something, but we just don't talk about it. And the fact that we both went with that That's the, right. the backstory on the on the hymn. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's just, I think it's one of those when you, I, I don't know about you, but I do go check, especially with hymns. Modern songs, not as much. Maybe I should. I'm sure there's probably interesting stories behind modern yeah. songs, but they're not as old. There's not as much history, obviously, behind it. Um, and and people who've listened to my messages, you've you know, I've told the stories of the you know the hymn. You know, uh, we talked about it as well and things like that. Yeah. But when you get a when you when you go back and you read the original text and you see a word like Welkin and you're like, dude, yeah, we're talking about that. We, there's got to, there's, that's got to fit. <laughs> we in are going to talk about that. And there's got to be a reason Charles Wesley put that in there. And so there's got to be you know there's something. You spent a lot more time on. It. I, I'm glad you did that because I, I just said it, it's it meant this and, and then yeah. mo- mo- moved on to the modern version of it. And we both talked about George Wesley field too yeah. so that was that was great uh but you know if anyone's missed any uh, this past message this past uh, message uh in our series called peace on earth uh, feel free to head over to fpclakeland.org you can see pastor john in the classic service last week you see me in vine uh, in our modern service um, or any one of our past uh, uh, sermons in this series or any series um also if you've missed any episodes of armchair preaching this is the 98th so there's 97 other episodes plus bonus episodes if you've any of those, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, make sure you hit the like button. Sub- subscribe. Share it with your friends. And, uh, we'll be back next week. Next week will be the uh, fourth in our series with the final, probably the final armchair preaching of 2022. Um, but uh, John, as always, it's great to be here. Thank you once again for hanging out. And, uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see everybody next